This is Quit, a podcast about change, the challenges of improving your career, making tough decisions, and starting something awesome, and maybe even kicking your corporate speech job to the curb in the process. My name is Dan Benjamin. Sitting across from me here in our studio in Austin, Texas, is Hattie Cook. Hattie, welcome back to the program. How are you? I'm doing great. It's great How to are see you? you. How's everything so going great. here in Austin? Woo-hoo. Do you hear that? That's my phone ringing. On your computer. On my computer. I don't need that. No. I think leave it in. Phone's ringing, dude. You used to have that as your ringtone. Phone's ringing, dude. Yeah, I need to put that back on. <laughs> welcome. So welcome you know what? to you. The, welcome, welcome to your life. <laughs> uh, I, I am so proud of myself because I've been going to a gym and working out now for a while. And last night was a bit of a milestone for me and my, I didn't, I didn't start this process, uh, trying to become a better me. Really? That's not why I started working out the way I've been working. Why out. did you work out? Why well, did you start working out? I mean, I did it because as you, as you know, I have had chronic lower back issues and I wanted to talk not so much about that, but about overcoming obstacles, title. Over, overcoming obstacles, as Paul Simon would say. And all of us have these uh, things in our life that we try to overcome, things that we believe are holding us back. Maybe, maybe we're correct in our belief. Maybe they are actually holding us back. Maybe they're not. I want to tell my story. And then... I want to talk uh, about techniques you can use to empower yourself to take over the world. I or, like that. Or whatever it is that you want to do. Right. Or take over the world. Whichever. Back in, the, in, in my, I guess, well, let's go all the way back to my pot, pot, when my, I think my posture issues began. When I was a child, I used to play with Legos a lot. I know you're not supposed to call them Legos. For a, we have a, a large European listener base, I think. Oh, right. What are they supposed to be called? Lego toys and blocks. <sighs> Lego. Do you ever play with Lego? You ever play with Lego? I love Lego. Do you love Lego? No, I love Legos because I'm an American. It's, le- it's the plural of Lego. <laughs> right. There's but one no, Lego. That's not true. It's not Legos. Legos. It's Lego. I don't care. I'm going like, to say Legos do you, do, you ever fly, do you ever fly Concorde? Yes, I fly the Concorde. Whatever you're supposed to say. It's wrong. Anyway, Lego. I used to sit with my legs crossed, like what we what we would call politically correctly Indian style. Right, very politically correct. I would we sit Indian style on the floor, cross legged, cross legged. Thank you, and uh, and leaning leaning forward, in a hunching a C kind of shape. Yes, to uh-huh. to assemble whatever it was that I was building. Usually spaceships, and I. Uh, I did. I never knew that that was bad. Now, then, shift forward a few years. Well, to, so you were probably a child, and that didn't. I help. think it did. <laughs> but if, flash forward to when I was thirteen, and I had my bar mitzvah, and I took my bar mitzvah money, and I went and I got uh, my first computer that I had at home, the Vic Twenty. Then the Commodore sixty four, Microsoft. Uh, I not Microsoft. Uh, the uh, Tandy color computer. All of these were in my future. But I had these, and and. You know, I suppose at some point they were on my desk, but a lot of the time I feel like I was hunching with the screen on the floor again. So I had just programmed into myself with nobody to correct (laughs) me this bad posture. So for years and years, all through college and then through my early career, I was writing code or sitting at computers doing things in this terrible posture. This reinforced what might even have been a genetic predisposition to not having the best uh, core. So we're talking about core muscles. When you think of core muscles, a lot of people think of like abs, but it's not just abs. It's your lower back. It's all of this stuff. And it's all, it's like all the way up to like your neck, really. It's, I, the, you know it's what? your whole, it's your it's whole like, core, right? It's like collarbones down. Mm. Collarbones down. You're, you're writing that down. It's <laughs> <laughs> a title. So, uh, so I ha- I had trained myself to have and adopt a very unhealthy posture. But you know what? In my 20s, it didn't really, it didn't matter until I started to get lower back issues. And the reason I was getting them was because 
the the muscles that I was using, I had muscles that had atrophied essentially in my, especially the the front abdominal muscles were not very strong. And as a result, the back muscles were working twice as hard. And then through a series of stupid things like lifting something wrong or whatever, I managed to like really screw things up to the point where it was so bad that I couldn't do basic, basic things. I couldn't do things like comfortably pick up and carry my kid who didn't weigh that much or, or get something off up off the floor right right or just those kinds of things were difficult and like uh, even when we were moving offices you know oh, you're like, I, oh, I was I useless i was I useless i couldn't do anything push that because you know i might be in the bed for three days <laughs> right and like i had uh, i had really good upper body strength right um, and, and I guess leg strength was fine, but that core was just completely screwed up and anything that I would do, I would go to lift a, you know, f- groceries out of the back of the, uh, of, of, of the car and carry them into the house that could result in like pain that would last for a day or two. Pathetic. I had caused this problem and I had let myself get to this point and I never really thought about it as being something like that. But I didn't really realize how bad it was until we went on a trip. I think it was WWDC. You were with me that year. Yep. And uh, in the process of sitting on the plane for an extended period of time, and I'd already switched to do, I was doing stretches. I was doing other kinds of things. And I had a standing desk instead of a sitting desk. All the stuff that I read you're supposed to do, uh, except really change my life, everything but that. Uh, I had... uh, sat on the plane for a long period of time. And then, of course, you know, when you get on the plane, you get to put your bag up in the overhead bag. And I'd had enough for like a week long trip. You probably helped me with mine. (laughs) And, you know, and then we spent uh, a big part of our uh, first day there walking to our different meetings. So we had a lot of sponsors there. And they were all relatively close. So it wasn't worth it to take an Uber or something. It was like, meh. And it was WWDC. Right. And all the Ubers were crazy and taken and we're like, right. fine, so we'll we just said, walk. You know, we'll just walk. And so it's, so nice, and it's nice in San Francisco. Yeah. yeah we, we walked around to all of our different Probably appointments. Probably for like, I think like eight hours? Well, that maybe not quite. But yeah, I mean, we were on the go for a, a long period of, of time. And at the end of the day, we went to this House of Meat celebration. You remember that the House of Meat dinner? And Yeah, that was uh, good. <laughs> at, at, you know, I was in so much pain. You could barely... At the end of it, I couldn't even walk around anymore. And that night went in the most extreme back pain. Now, why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because at that point, that was some of the worst pain that I felt, some of the worst pain I felt in my whole life. I feel like that was your low point. It was very much a low point. Thank you for saying that because that's exactly the the thing that I want to talk about. And it because was, I think it was a trigger for you that went, oh my God, I have to do something about this. Right. Like, I think that was your last straw kind right. of thing where you're like, I, th- I can't let this go on because it's only going to get worse. And I, I didn't realize that it was so bad. It was so bad that it was to the point where I, I could not function as a regular human anymore. And it's in a way like there should have been nothing surprising to me about it because I was there the whole time. I was aware of the problems that I was causing. I was aware of the little things that would cause back pain and discomfort. I was aware of all of this, but I wasn't paying attention to it in, in enough of a way. And maybe you could even say I was in somewhat of denial about it denial, because I didn't want it to be that or, way. Or even, you know, like you were pretending that it wasn't yeah. really that bad. Right. You know, like, right. nah, it hurts a little now, but I'll be fine tomorrow. So you what know? I did is I went to Dr. Jill. We've talked about Dr. Jill before, and she helped a lot with um, this thing called active release uh, where it like it's not massage exactly. It's almost like a trigger point kind of a thing that causes mm-hmm. your muscles that are overly tense to relax. And and then after that, she introduced me to a trainer who was really good. So I started doing physical training and doing these workouts mm-hmm. to build up enough strength inch by inch by inch back to becoming like a normal human being who could do normal, normal everyday things. But that it's not that's not enough. You have to continue doing this. You have to continue pushing your body. You have and if to maintain a certain level once you get it to to another as, certain as, level. As we're fond of saying on the show, once you get it up, keep it up. There you go. And you must uh, you must push past that point. You must challenge the physical body. Want, just like your mind, your body wants and beyond wants needs to be challenged. It yeah. needs to be pushed. It needs something to work toward and to work perhaps right. even against in a way as you, as you train. That's so, why physical exercise, you always, whenever you have finished doing whatever exercise you're doing 
at the end, you're always like, I feel so good because right. your body needs it and wants it. That's right. Because we're, we're creatures that are meant to be in the world and doing things and, moving and, around. and, and, and walking and lifting and climbing. And climbing. And, yeah. And of course, we don't get that in our offices in the corporate stooge world. That's not part of it. So uh, I then went to the next level and started doing actual weight training. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm strong enough. Now that not only can I do many of the things a normal human being would do, and I'm I'm far from done. I mean, I'm still very much still on a long road to strength and and full recovery from these problems that I had. And that, by the way, wasn't the first time that I had spent a few days in bed with back pain. Trust me on that. That was one of many, but that would just happen to be the worst one. And you know, I'm still on this very long road. But the way that uh, the, the next level, the next step was to actually go and start doing weight training. So now I'm actually like strong enough to go and, and start a basic training program. Right. It, it took me six months to get to the point where I could do what I hope most of our listeners could do on day one going in and starting to train. Right. So yesterday was a nice accomplishment for me in that I was not only am I like at this point, right, but. Like I'm now doing things like benching, you know, real, real weight. And I've, you know, and so right, like now it's now it's turned in instead of rehab, it's more of like recreational now. <laughs> almost in that sense. But there's you get in them if, if I want everyone listening to this to to especially if you're in your 20s or early 30s where you recover really, really quickly from any kind of physical discomfort or situation. Typically, if you go and really push yourself. I remember when I was in my 20s one year and I did like 12 hours of like yard work and mowing and lifting and I was mulching the yards and I was unbagging stuff. And like I woke up the next day and my like my legs were really, really sore. And this and the other thing was really, really sore. And I was like, oh my God, like what's wrong with me? This is the worst. This is the end of the world. And the day after that, I was like, mom, almost all better. The day after that, I was fine. (laughs) Like. When you're in yeah. your late 30s, 40s, like forget it. That that's it's not going to get better that quickly. And I would never be in the situation that I'm in now if I had in, made some light, important changes to my life. And and it's so funny. And I've I've got to pick on a friend of ours that we know and his high blood pressure medicine. But we'll do that right after I tell you about Wealthfront, an automated investment service with nearly three billion dollars in client assets. Are you part of that $3 billion? Have you already signed up for Wealthfront? You're pretty smart if you do because basically here's what they do. They take incredible investing smarts, intelligence, algorithms, very smart people, and they make it possible for you, the regular human, not the multimillionaire, to get access to this kind of intelligence, to get access to this kind of investment. Normally, you've got to have like a million bucks and then you're going to pay some, you know, wealth management professional at 1% per year. Like, well, that's 1% per year. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. That's a lot of money. With Wealthfront, you only pay 0.25%. That is a huge difference. Wealthfront is what, what they call an automated, passive, low-cost investment solution. This is not for like short-term day traders and stuff like that. This is, this is the kind of thing where you do this for long-term investment. And you can start... With like almost no money. There are clients, they've got clients with investing 500 bucks. They got some that have like 10 million bucks. The average, I think they say here in my, in my notes, is a 60,000. But this is a great place if you don't have a ton of money right now, but you want to make that money grow. You want to do it with the, the least uh, tax penalties possible because, you know, they, they tax every penny you make. They know how to do it. They know how to do it. And you are going to pay 0.25% per year. They don't charge you for trades. They don't charge you for any of that nonsense. No hidden fees, nothing. They made a special URL, wealthfront.com slash 5 by 5 And if you go there and use that URL, they will manage your first $15,000 entirely free of charge for life. So in addition to never paying commissions, no hidden fees, you will not pay any management fees on the first $15,000 just because you're a listener of this show. Go to Wellfront.com slash 5 by 5 to learn more. I got to tell, tell you about my buddy and his uh, high blood pressure medicine. Yes. So high, people don't really pay attention to their blood pressure. And there's a lot of changes that you can make to reduce your blood pressure if you, have, if you happen to have higher blood pressure than you want. 
They, another term for high blood pressure is hypertension. You can be, you can have a good blood pressure. Like my wife has like textbook classic Olympic athlete blood pressure. <laughs> it's like 108 over 65. Yeah, mine's low. Yeah. And mine is always, even, even when I was very young, has always tended to be a little bit higher. My whole family kind of tends to be a little bit higher. It's so, just, I think it's just your stress level. <laughs> I don't think even without stress, even when I was younger and had no stress, it was higher. That's what I'm trying to explain. Is that for me, it's not just stress level. Yeah. That pushes it higher. So what I, I have, I researched it. I researched what to do. It was never, I was never in, in like very high dangerous levels, but I was definitely in like the pre-hypertensive level and I wanted to fix that. And when I was, when I was uh, meditating on a very regular basis, that certainly uh, put it down in, in a much, much lower range. So then it was fine. So it's clear, like you're saying, that stress puts it there. But I just, that's a, a tending toward kind of a thing as opposed to like my predestination. Anyway, so I, I still, I thought, you know what, like exercise, regular exercise is a proven thing that helps with that. And you know what else you can do? You can cut back on sodium. That's something that the scientists currently believe has an effect on your blood pressure. If you have a, a diet that is high in sodium and you reduce it, that can help. There's a lot of different things that you can mm -hmm. do, but uh, the, the biggest one is having regular exercise. Oh, yeah. You don't need to go out there and jog 5K every right. single day. You can you go for a 30-minute walk, right. you know, a 20-minute walk. Doing something like that has a tremendous effect. You could meditate. You could do... so. I've integrated these things back into my life, into my schedule. And it's, it can be challenging to do, not just when you're working full time, uh, but when you have kids and everything else, it piles up and you're, you know, you're doing things that makes it very hard to do that. But you've got to find that motivation to say, you know what, this is a health thing and I need to do this for my overall well-being and I need to make this work. And, uh, and it's important. A buddy of mine and I were talking about it. And he said that he was having high blood pressure. And I guess he went to the doctor. His doctor noticed it and said, you know, you can make some lifestyle changes. It wasn't so high that he, uh, that he was in jeopardy, but it was high enough that the doctor said, you try these lifestyle changes, you know, exercise more, go walk, whatever. And his response was, no, nah, I don't want to do that. Just put me on a medicine. Now, I have a fundamental problem with just going on medicine when there is an alternative that you can try that's a healthy alternative and I'm not knocking Western medicine. I'm not knocking the benefits of it. I'm certainly not saying if you have a condition like, yes, you should get medicated for it, especially if it's something that's, that's risky to your health. I'm not saying ignore that. But what I am saying is the idea that uh, and, and those and the medicines that we take for a lot of our, our problems, they're helping the symptoms, but they're not fixing the cause. Why? Is the blood pressure higher? Oh, well, you, like you said, maybe it's a, it's a stress thing. Maybe it's a high sodium diet. Who knows what it is? Figure what that is. Maybe they're just a little bit wired to be a little bit high, more high. But okay, what can you do to help that? Can you try those things first? If you try those things first, then you know, then, then you know okay, I gave it a shot. I did the best that I could. Are you walking five times a week? Are you walking five times a week and working out twice a week? If you're not doing that, then you haven't really made lifestyle modifications to try. Are you meditating 30 minutes a morning or, or 30 minutes a week? Are you doing some yoga? Are you doing, you know, how are you doing anything? Nope, just give me the pills. Just give me the pills. Well, those pills are going to have side effects too. There's a reason that you're feeling the way you are. Now, why am I telling that? I'm talking about health and everything. Well, what I'm leading up to is that I believe that that making changes to your life is one of the most challenging things that you can do. You know, Hattie, I think it was it last episode where you were talking about sleep and you were talking about making a change to, oh, to when yes. you wake up. Can you remind the listeners what, what we yes. were talking about? So uh, I was talking about um, changing your sleep schedule to always wake up at the same time every morning and only go to sleep when you're tired. Uh, and what's the re why would I why would I do such a thing? Uh, because if you're like me and I have a horrible horrible problem <laughs> waking up early, not a morning person. The hard the hard part for me is the alarm going off to being awake enough to say I should sit up and get out of the bed now. 
that part is the hard part. Once my feet hit the ground, we're fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's the getting up part that that. Oh, I'll just close my eyes for a little bit longer. And it's not like I'm really falling back to sleep. It's more of like a, I'm just going to be awake, but have my eyes closed and kind of in that half awake, half asleep. And, uh, and yeah, that's not, that's not good. And I usually have to set like six or seven alarms. And it sounds like a start, nightmare in your Yeah, and they start at like 6.30 and then 6.35 and then 6.40, 6.45. Seven seven oh five seven ten, and then you like change the sound of the last two, so you really know that it's almost time to get up. <laughs> yeah, but so let me ask you yeah. a question. I mean, if you know that you need, and everyone needs a different amount of sleep. Some people yeah. need nine hours. Some people claim to need eight hours, or three, or two, or whatever. I figured it is. out that nine is my goal. Okay. <laughs> so if you, if your goal is to wake up at say seven o'clock, seven is when I need to be standing up. Okay. Yes. So, so why? Why wouldn't you then say, okay, I need nine hours. What is that, 10 o'clock then you'd have to be going to sleep? I have a feeling as to why you don't go to sleep at seven, I mean 10, but why don't you go to sleep at 10? Because you're you're not done with your day, right? Right. It's like you get home at like 6.30 and you're like, okay, now I have to, you know, get ready for bed and stuff. I even do that. Like I'll get ready before I go and eat dinner and watch TV and things like that. And it's just... I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to go to bed yet. <laughs> Cause I, I used to be a huge night owl before I had like work every day at mm-hmm. like a certain time. And I used to be able to stay up. Oh man. Like that was when I was most productive. That's when my brain turned on was right. at like 1145 was like, Hattie's up. It's yeah. time to do stuff. That's when I do my <laughs> art projects. Was when I, like, and I would just be awake and yes, maybe it was high school, maybe it's college, things like that. But like, that's when I did things was like after the sun was down, that's when my brain turned on. That's when I got the most done. And so I don't know if I just shifted, you know, and I would sleep until like noon mm-hmm. on the weekends and things when like would, that. So would you still be getting like nine hours? You'd yeah, just, I would just factor at, it in later. Yeah, yeah, everything would just be shifted. Right. I would just go to sleep at like one thirty, twelve, one, somewhere in there and then sleep until noon the next day. And then you're half your day's over. And I hated that. Yeah. But I needed that. Like if I didn't have an alarm and that was the other thing was I didn't have an alarm set. That's when my body naturally woke me up was at noon. Mm-hmm. So that was bad too. So I haven't really found that like, that perfect thing for me that makes me feel like when the sun is up and my alarm goes off and I'm like, I'm tired, but you know what? I can get up it, instead of that like sick stomach feeling if i get out of the bed just thinking about it makes me feel sick right i mean (laughs) everybody everybody i think knows the feeling of like when you have to wake up really early like for a flight or a trip or something like that so different really yes i feel terrible when i have to do that if i could wake up at 3 30 in the morning if i get to go and get on a plane because i'm excited Less so than when I was a teenager. <laughs> I, I think like, you know, the alarm would go off and I'd be like, out of the bed immediately. Now it's like the alarm goes off and it's like, okay. Oh, right. Flight. Okay. Yeah, we'll get up <laughs> and then I'll get up. Uh, but, but I think having something maybe to look forward to that's out of the ordinary might help yeah, it's, in- get it's up interesting. Instead of just a routine, it's interesting <laughs> that you mention that, and you you talk about the routine, and you talk about. I mean, there is there is a huge challenge, I think, for me, and I think for a lot of people listening too, of getting into a new routine or making a change to your existing routine. You know, or falling into a routine and wanting some variation, right? And there are so many people who. Uh, and I mean, you know, we could talk about this with, with podcasts too. I, I should make a note and talk about this in the next podcast method that I do. Uh, but, you know, like we were talking about this today is that people want that. It's almost like the endorphin rush when you do something. If you do something and there's a whole ton of people who are like, yeah, it was awesome. I can't believe it is the best thing ever. That encourages you to want to go and do it again. And it doesn't matter what that thing is. If that's a, a presentation you give to your fifth grade class, if it's getting up in, you know, in playing a sport and, and, and getting, you know, kicking the soccer ball into the goal, 
whatever it is, if you get immediate positive reinforcement when you do that thing, you get applause or you get people saying, that was great or congratulations, you did it. Or people starring your tweets. Or people starring your <laughs> or tweets. Hearting or, or hearting or liking, is. whatever. Yeah. Or an Instagram. Yeah. Then that's, oh, you know what? That I Instagram, should post more. Yeah, I should post more. <laughs> I got 50 likes on that one. I should post another one. Yeah. I got 500 likes. I got 5,000 likes. the, what is that? Like the something in reward. It's like action in the reward yeah. that they teach like dogs or, uh, you know, like mice in a study what mm-hmm. is that called mice in a study algernon flowers for algernon title i'm gonna say mouse in a study is the mouse title. in a study i like that no but, but what is that called that's I don't like know a what thing it's people who do know are ready to kill us right now they're screaming at their iphones but there is definitely an aspect to that and uh, of, of the wanting to get that reinforcement. But if you try something and start to do something and you don't notice a change or you don't see an improvement or you don't get a response right away, uh, people's general inclination, well, I'm not doing that anymore. <laughs> right. You know, perfect example. I'm going to pick on my brother-in-law right now. My, uh, my family, we have been gluten-free paleo for six years now i think and going and in having that diet which i'm not recommending to anybody if you're interested go research it or don't for us across the board in our family we we saw tremendous physical changes in a very short period of time i'm talking about a period of Weeks? Several weeks, two two to three weeks. You and John were just talking about that on Roadwork yesterday yes. too. He he said he felt so much better going gluten-free for however long he went, but, you right. know, so there's definite changes. You know, and I think, I think for some people, you will see the changes. Other people, maybe not. My right. brother-in-law, who's always been tall, thin, in pretty good physical shape, didn't really matter very much what he did or didn't do, what he ate or didn't eat. Is he the type of person that can like, eat an entire pizza for like every other meal and yes. just be fine. And, yes. Okay. <laughs> now I'm yeah. not sure what's going on inside of his body. <laughs> right. But his private time, as far as, as far <laughs> as what he felt like, as far as his energy level, everything else during the day, as far as how he physically looked gaining right. or, not, or rather not gaining weight, mm-hmm. uh, that n- never mattered. He didn't have allergies. You know, he didn't Things have, didn't bother him. Right. He's not sensitive. He's just fine. Yeah. He's, just, uh, He's he would a regular want. dude. So he actually went and and went gluten-free for a few weeks. And afterward, he's like, nothing changed. You know? But you know what? That probably means he's not gluten-sensitive in any way. Maybe. And and that's that's debatably true. Now, now he has some issues. But that's a different show. The point I'm making (laughs) is he went and he did what was a diet that limited what he could eat. It limited where he could eat. It limited how much he was having to spend on food. And saw no benefits, visual, quick benefits. Now, maybe he would have seen benefits right. if he had waited longer. Or maybe he would right. have seen... Three months, I think, is what they say is like how long you can see if like a, if you change face wash or a new medicine. It's oh. like three months is like that's how long it takes or, or six weeks or something like that. There's that a set amount of time. sounds like way too long for most people to wait for most things. Exactly. And I think they're, you know, like... As I'm in this gym making these changes, they're so gradual. Yeah. They're, you know, I'm not going from like, well, yesterday I bench pressed 100 pounds and tomorrow I'm going to bench press 150. Right. Like, no, you're going to bench press 105. Like yeah, right. And then the next week you might do 108, but right. it's not, <laughs> it's, you know, maybe after three more sessions, maybe, maybe you stay at 105 because that's what's heavy for you. For a reason, right? It's not meditation is a form of training. You're right. training your mind for for the real world. The meditation is the training, not the end goal. And right. and and so when you know when people, I think we set. It's good to set goals for yourself, but so often we set goals that are unreasonable for ourselves. We set goals that uh, are not that they're impossible, but but the time frame is so short, and then we don't get the immediate feedback that we want. Oh, I did a podcast, but you know what? It didn't hit number one in iTunes. It didn't have 100,000 uh, people downloading it every episode. So eh, why, 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 why bother? <laughs> well, no, you've got to give something a chance. Right. 
You've got to give it a chance. So as you're sitting there in, you know, with your own challenges, with your own problems, with the own your the things that you're facing, uh, you, you've got to understand that creating that routine for yourself is is a good goal to have, but you've got to take slow changes. You've got right. to understand that if you, you know, you can't come back and say, well, I've got to exercise and I've got to walk every day and I'm going to meditate and I'm going to do this. And no, you're, you know what? Introduce one small thing. One change at one a time. One change right. at a time. You want to get a better sleep schedule? Focus on that and give it 30 days. Right. Master that first. Right. And then move on to the next thing. Because if you're like, I'm going to take these three vitamins every single day and I'm going to do this and I'm going to work out and I'm going to go to sleep earlier and like things like that. It's like your body's going to be like totally, I mean, I'm sure people out there can do that. Yeah. Uh, but like, if that seems like a lot, don't, then it's okay. Don't yeah. do all of it. <laughs> and, and things take time. We're human beings. Stagger it. But I remember when I went dairy free for my skin, uh, I, I think that after like three weeks, I was like, I don't see that much of a change. I'm just, maybe I'll just go back to eating dairy because I really miss cheese. I really right, miss right, eating right. milk and everything. And, uh, and they put milk in everything, you know, dairy oh and everything. Oh my gosh. I have never, like, gluten free, easy for me. Dairy free, there's dairy in everything. Yeah. Everything, literally everything. And, it, you know, I didn't see that much of a difference. And so I went, I went off of it. And my skin also did not improve at all. It probably got worse again. And so I went ahead and I just made the decision. I was like, you know what? Never again. No more dairy ever again. You know what? I've seen a difference. It's been almost a year now. No way. It's been yes, a year. Yes, it has. You've been dairy-free for a year? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like you've been talking about it for... No, it's not been a year. Yes, it has. It's been like two months. No, it hasn't. Two months? No. That's crazy. I know. Well, good for you. I know. It's it's. But you see, it takes a long time to make a change and to stick to it. Yes. But now it's so natural for me, I don't even think about it. And that's and, and the results that I see from it right. are worth it. Right. And because now it's so easy for me, then the results are worth it. It's easy for me to do it. And I think end people, of story. <laughs> I think people can take that and apply it to the thing that they're trying to do, the change that they're trying to make, whether it's an attitude kind of a change, whether it's learning a skill, mastering a skill in the workplace, whether it's, you know, figuring out a better way to communicate with other people or being on like a career path. You know, all of these things are so hard to do. Making changes are really hard. We we as human beings tend to resist change. We resist what we are uh what we are not comfortable with. Almost a year, June 17th. Not bad. Yeah. Pretty so, good. So April, May. And like remember I went off of it, right so there. maybe So maybe August, so maybe well, not good quite for you. a year. Six I will, months, I will I don't ring know. the bell for yeah. you. Yeah. Quit dairy. <laughs> That's the new name of the show. Speaking of quitting, I'll tell you what, yeah, quit dairy. Should be the name. Let me tell you about quip. Quip wants me to tell you something. They want me to tell you to quit working dumb. But they say, you know what? It's not your fault. It's the tools that you use. Quip is a company that has rethought and rebuilt a productivity suite from the ground up because the old tools were built on an old paradigm, on an old technology stack in a non-mobile era. They do not, fact, they do not meet the needs of today's teams. They try, but they fail. And this is where Quip came in they have come up with this concept of a living document they are obsessed about the intersection of communication and content creation and they are trying to create magical experiences around this the idea that we're creating documents that are living documents that multiple people want to collaborate on but the importance that aren't in the same place they're not in the same place and you know what Integrating that chat aspect into it that we like mm -hmm. so much with all these great chatting tools, they've brought that to the specific document level. Right. It's not like emails about a document. It's you're talking about the document in the document. How cool is that? Yeah, it's That's really a great cool. way to say it. And their goal, of course, very good goal is to create as little email as possible. Chat's built into every document. You can discuss the content. You can revise it. You can reach a decision all in one place. You can manage your team and your company's organization with shared folders. They got custom permissions. They got notifications. 
real-time communication about the content that you're creating. Big companies are using this, Hattie. Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, CNN, Quora, New Relic, Instacart, Product Hunt, Stripe. 500 of the most forward-thinking companies and teams are thinking this way now and using Quip. So here's what you do. You go to Quip. It's spelled Q-U-I-P, just like quit, but with a P, quip. <laughs> exactly. I think they were inspired by the I show. I think they were too, and they're like, we want quit, and they're like, we can't have it, so we'll just make it quip. Quip.com slash quit. Quip.com slash quit is where you go <laughs> to learn more. That helps the show win, and we need your help winning, so go check it out. Thanks very much to Quip for making the show possible. Let's do a couple of uh, a couple of emails. We have some good ones. Do we? I feel like we do. You said we do. Mr. Anderson, we missed you. It's an email from Richard J. Anderson. RJA. Hello, Dan and Hattie. Richard A. here. Been a while. I wanted to reach. This is the guy. If you remember, wasn't this the guy? <laughs> yes. Who was blogging about his com- the company he worked for? Yep. And then they found it. <laughs> and they found, and, and talking <laughs> bad about the company that he worked for. And lo and behold, they found him. They read his stuff and they released, they released him. They'll as, always find things. Yeah. Everyone does. The internet. Been a while. I wanted to reach out and let you know that I recently changed jobs. Actually, I changed careers. Ah. I'm now with a, how many jobs has this guy had? I don't know. In the course of doing what is coming around to be almost 100 episodes of <laughs> I think of quit, he's had three jobs. At least three or four jobs. The first one he was let go from, then he had another. Then he had an- Yeah, this is like number three or number four. Keep it different every day. He doesn't like All routine. Right, that's fine. I'm now with a small startup and sales support engineering role that will in time move toward front-end development work. I'm slowly getting up to speed with the technology stack. Uh, he says, AngularJS kind of hurts my brain, but I got to learn it. See, that's what we're talking about today, learning yep. something. And the new responsibilities is both a client support person and office IT guru. Since so much of this role is new to me, I ask you, Dan and Hattie, what is your advice for settling into a completely new role? There is precious little in this job that I've done before professionally, save for administrating MailChimp, and I want to make sure I don't blow this chance to enter a new career in web development. See, I told you they all want to be web developers. Yeah, even our uh, Richard Richard A. Any advice you have is appreciated, and I mean any. Even if that advice is stop emailing us every six months. <laughs> Richard Anderson. Well, my first inclination. And he's entered a whole new career and he knows nothing about it. He's done none of it before. What, what advice, Hattie? Well, I would say talk to people that have been, you said web development? Is yes. What he's doing. Talk to people who have been web developers. Well, he's talking, for a to, long he's time. talking to us. We've been I web know. developers. So, what's well, your yes. advice? I don't know. Just talk to talk to us some more. Talk to us some more, <laughs> or talk to people and get you know see if they have any tips or tricks to do what to be better in the job and be better prepared. for So the like job. go go to his peers in the company, but what if he no, goes no, no, to his no, no, peers? No, 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 I'm talking about like your friends who are. He has no friends. Really? Yes. I he don't says. That. He says. P.S. I have no friends. Right there. I don't think he wrote that. He might have write that. I'll write it on there. No, you can't do that. Um, <laughs> Okay, I like your adv- I like your advice to go to go to your friends who have done it and ask them for advice. Well, like but that's he- what I would do if I was going to go into a completely j- different job. I would want to talk to people who have that job and say anything I should know. <laughs> but here he is, and and he's he doesn't want to blow this chance, Hattie. So I need stronger advice. Right, more more direct, more advice, direct advice, not just general. Well, here's here's how I, what I, what I'm going to say. I agree with Hattie's advice. I agree that you should seek out your friends if you have any. Seek out local folks to go and talk to. Listen, let me take you to lunch. I just want to pick your brain. I hate that expression. I just want to pick your brain about this web development business that I now have a job in for an hour and just ask you stuff and I'll buy you lunch for it. So that's your advice is you're saying to take your friends to lunch and learn from them. Okay. I think that's excellent advice. I, I can actually relate very much to Richard J. Anderson. Because I would, I was a phenomenal interviewer. I suppose I still am. Interviewee, rather. Interviewee. You're also a, f- a good interviewer. Why I met interviewee in that 
I could go into a job interview completely BS. Right. Doesn't matter what job it's for. And 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 walk out of there and they'd be like, wow, I got to hire this guy. Right. And, I think I could do that too. <laughs> and I mean, I know you. Well, I know you could. And well, I, because I did it. No, no. <laughs> I think I think you would just be good at that. That's a skill. It was a bad skill for me to have because I would walk out of the interview and be like, oh, my God, what have I just done? No, I just got myself a job you and know, I don't know how to do it. <laughs> they just asked me if I was good at running, you know, like huge mail server implementations and deployments. And like, I've never, you know, I've never used SendMail before. And they've got 1400 SendMail servers that are all connected that I've got. to. So like on the way home from the interview, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to Barnes and Noble and I'm going to, you know, go buy the O'Reilly book on SendMail and like start reading it. But listen, uh, that's the advice that I have for him. If you feel like you're in over your head a little bit, there are so many solutions out there for you in the form of articles, in the form of books, in the form of, you know, screencasts and videos. So that in addition to doing what Hattie said and talking to your friends, which is great advice, I think another bit of great advice is start reading and studying and learning and spend every, if you're serious about this, spend every spare minute that you have learning in as many ways as you can and experimenting and trying things. And if you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to get home after a long day of work with a list of the 20 things that you encountered in that day that you didn't know how to do, and you're not willing to start checking those things off one by one, then you need to go back to your old job, hat in hand, and say, please take me back. I couldn't meet the challenge of learning AngularJS. I couldn't do it. It hurt my brain. Sorry. Well, that hurts your brain. It just means you're learning. You're exercising that muscle that you've been ignoring for too long. You can, Richard J. Anderson, I know you. And I know that you can do it, but you just need to put in the time. Yep. Put in the time. Well, when they when they come back as a sponsor, we can send them back to Linda. Yeah. For now, just say (laughs) video. I don't want to say Linda until they come back. Who knows when that'll be? You You better get on the phone with them. I don't think I have any pull there Mm. anyway i know richard can do this i know he can do it go talk to your friends and start reading and do not stop until you mastered it then move on to the next thing and find something else kind of like what we were talking about in the last uh episode of the guy who wanted to learn be a pro golfer pro golf he wanted to do it he went out he put in the time he got the clubs he he put in the time got the right tools now he's a pro now he's a golf pro do that but for angular js Let's see. I'm uh, I'm looking right here. Uh, okay, I, th- I think I can. I think I can read this one from Bill. Hi, Dan and Hattie. I recently applied to a company for an email marketing position with a software company in my area. I was very excited to pursue this opportunity, and I have a referral within the company. This week, I had my initial screening call with HR, but it was rescheduled minutes before it was scheduled to begin. A meeting went over, so fine, we rescheduled. Fast forward to today. I was scheduled to have a call with the manager I would presumably be reporting to, except the manager never called, as was directed. After about half an hour waiting on lunch, I decided to email the HR rep to see what happened. The response I received from her was... Full full email. Full email. Quote, I'll reschedule. Sorry for the inconvenience. Sent from my Verizon Wireless 4G LTE smartphone. Bill continues, I'm trying to understand that things happen sometimes, but this does not make me so eager to work at this company anymore. The company is pretty vocal about it being a great place to work. However, every company that expresses this seems to be the opposite, being clicky and full of corporate politics. Should I consider this a red flag or am I making a mountain out of a molehill? Thanks and keep up the great work, Bill. That's a great question. This is a wonderful question. I think go with your gut. If you're feeling already a little uneasy about this you're probably right um i don't know dan what do you think or should he push through and just maybe maybe that was just a coincidence and Mm. it's just two rescheduling things and that just it's fine i mean you there are a lot of people out there hattie that don't have either don't have or don't have access to their gut instinct Mm mm-hmm I have Their true gut in- instinct. Right. I have always had a gut instinct that I felt that I could trust. I felt that I could 
rely on that thing that says, this is good, this is bad. Um, Get away from this. Yeah. Stay with this. Yeah. Yeah. And so... I mean, if your gut feeling and you have access to it, if it's telling you this isn't good. Right. If you're getting that fight or flight response and right. you're getting the flight, I don't know. I feel like you should take that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you. You know, I I would still want to at least talk to this person. Yeah. Me because, too. you know, you never know what's going on. I'm this I, woman might have just had a baby and you would have no idea. Exactly. And she's dealing. She's writing to you from home and she had to take the baby into the emergency room. You have right. no idea. You have no <laughs> idea what's good. That's what was it the the other week? That made we, me think of Jill. <laughs> we were we were driving uh, somewhere. I think we were going to uh, to lunch and yeah. we're always eating at Whole Foods now. It's yes. the only place we can, and that's yeah. a whole different thing. If you ever want to find where we yeah, are. Yeah, that's where we're driving to the Whole Foods. <laughs> and uh, and we were driving, and there was this person who was in front of us who was just taking these turns, like almost coming to a complete stop before they were turning. <laughs> yes. and, and, you know, there's two responses that you can have to this. One of them is, get out of the way. What's wrong with you? Turn already. Right. And the other response is, I, I hope oh, they're I okay, right. you know, and, and what you had, I think, said was you're like, I always assume when someone's turning like that, that they've got a wedding like cake. A in wedding them. cake or like 24 <laughs> cupcakes that they're balancing on their lap right. or a vase of flowers in their lap or a fishbowl or something that they're like, my car literally has to go this slow right. or something else will get completely ruined. Yeah, That's we, the only time I ever drive that slow. And it, it, very well, <laughs> it very well might be something like that. And that might be what's going on with this person that you're trying so desperately to speak to. It may just be that something is extraordinary or unfortunate or maybe even fortunate, but we don't know, is going right. on with this situation in this person's life. And this might not be a representation of what it's like to work with or for them, and it might not be a good representation of what it's like to be in that company. That's why, for me, I would very much rap because, and I am very guilty of trying to schedule something with somebody and failing miserably at it because of, of yeah. circumstances around it that doesn't reflect what how I feel or what I want to do. So... I mean, if Bill, if this is a place you really want to work, give it another chance. Talk to the person. I agree with Dan. Talk to the person and see how you feel after you talk to them. You've got to at least talk to them. Yeah. You've got to. You must do it. You know what else you must do? You must visit squarespace.com slash quit. You must. Sites that are amazing. And that's the thing, Squarespace, year after year, they're sponsoring this show, they're sponsoring all the great shows because they care about podcasting and because they understand that this is a great way for people who, uh, who have forgotten what Squarespace is or have never used it can find out about it. Squarespace is, is pretty amazing. Don't let the act of creating a website take away from the thing that you are, are really trying to do. Because these days, oh, making yeah. a website is, is usually not the thing that you're trying to do. What you're trying to do is launch your podcast. What you're trying to do is launch your app. What you're trying to do yeah. is open that restaurant or that clothing store or that veterinarian clinic or you know run your concert tour. Squarespace lets you check website off the list right. faster than anybody. Very well said. You don't need to spend time building a website. You need to spend time typing a couple things in, clicking a few buttons, customizing a template. Dropping in, in some pictures. In like an hour, you can be launching Fully an amazing website. It's going to like cost you like eight bucks a month because you're going to get 10% off your first purchase if you use the code QUIT, squarespace.com slash QUIT. Go there, use the code QUIT, get 10% off your first purchase. You sign up for a year, which you should, you'll get a free domain name even. It's so easy to use. It couldn't be a better solution. And if you want to get an idea of websites that, that, uh, that people are building and using with Squarespace, look at baconmethod.com. Super simple, kind of like two or three pages, clean, Simple, straightforward design that I did for the for the Bacon Method project that I created. 
baconmethod.com. Then go to merlinm.com, which is Merlin Mann's website, where he's talking about his his events, the different things he does. He connects to his blog, has all his different projects. He's got a media on there. Complete, like how he said, completely different site. Looks completely different. Feels completely You'd different. You'd never know that they were both Squarespace. Both Squarespace. And those are two extremes, you know? Yep. Go check it out. Squarespace.com slash quit. Thanks very much to Squarespace for making the show possible. And close that window right down. All right, let me make sure I can read this person's uh, email. They don't say. So I'm, I'm going to just call them Gabriel. Dan. I think I just need a kick in the pants or something. That's it. That's all email. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. I think I need a kick in the pants or something. First, the stats. Thank you for the stats, Gabriel. It's very important. I'm married. I'm 30, married for five years, and have two kids, three years and 11 months. That's a good, that's a decent spread. Yep. After being on the Dave Ramsey plan, Yes. You know about that. Dave Ramsey, yes. And to his, become debt-free? Yes, and uh, his really successful daughter, Rachel. Rachel Cruz. Dave Ramsey. We're completely debt-free and have a $10,000 emergency fund. I currently make about $45,000 per year salaried, no overtime, etc. My wife is a homemaker. We currently rent our home. I don't have a degree. I often feel like a jack-of-all-trades, master of none. I've done radio, audio editing, photography, Mac IT, home theater installation, repaired cars, delivered pizzas, and on and on. He sounds Mm -hmm. like me. I was going to say. As a single man, I had a job that at least most days I enjoyed a lot. When we got married and eventually had our first kid, I got burnt out on the job, and in particular on the hours he was working retail. I wasn't actively looking for something else, but a colleague let me know of a different position, and I took it. I've been there about three years now, and I feel like I swapped priorities. The job has great hours, like school. But I'm just bored nine days out of ten, and I find it hard to be motivated to be a great employee. I feel stuck. I do IT, mostly Apple devices, Macs, and iPads. It's what I know best, but I feel like the job market is limiting as I don't have certifications in anything other than Apple. I know Windows, Unix, networking well enough, but I haven't had to prove it anywhere, so I can't really put it on a resume. Beyond that, I'm not entirely sure I want to go into supporting Windows boxes. I've had two goals of pushing our income up to 60K and buying a house for the past 24 months, but I'm no closer now than I was in 2013. Save a 3% cost of living raise. The goals go hand in hand as we're not able to save a down payment very quickly on my current income. Raising my income will likely involve getting another job or working a side hustle of some sort, which both are kind of like dieting to me. Quarterly. I get excited about them for a week before it all fizzles away and I t- accept my current predicament again. It's like what we were talking about earlier. Exactly. I'm not entirely sure what I'm asking, but I guess any, just any encouragement or ideas would be great. And that kick in the pants I mentioned earlier. Thanks for all the great shows. Gabriel, who is in North Carolina near my, what he says, near my old stomping grounds. His nice. words. Gabriel. What to tell you? I mean, first of all, I like I think that, it's a common situation. Very common. I love that I love that they have 10k in an emergency fund. I love that they're debt free. Uh I I I I have to tell you. It sounds like you've done a lot of different things. It sounds like you can do a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. And there there is something in that I found in common with people who who make for good entrepreneurs is that they do a lot of different things well and that they get bored when they're doing one thing. These are two very common traits that I find with yes. entrepreneurs. They, they, they get bored if they're doing the same thing over and over again for too long and they're good at lots of different things. And those two, of course, go hand in hand. Right. If you're good or interested in a lot of di- You just go on to the next thing. <laughs> yeah. You don't get good at a lot of different things unless you're interested in a lot of different things. And you're not usually interested in a lot of different things if you don't get bored by doing right, one thing for too long. If you're bad at a lot of things, you're only good at like one thing. You're just going to stay doing the one thing. Right. And then you'll be happy because you're doing the one thing that you're good at. Right. <laughs> it's a cycle. It is. And you know, I, I knew a lot of people and I used to tell my wife that I was always a little bit jealous of these people who yeah. went to work and did one. And I, I, you know, my, I was always thinking of like my friend who was like a DBA and another friend who was a Java developer. And like he was doing Java development 
all day, every day, for years, and he enjoyed it. It was fulfilling right. to him. He he liked doing it. He, he didn't went in, feel that urge to change something. He just that's what I do. Right, and like I think at one point he learned Python. He's like, well, maybe I'll be a, maybe I'll be a Python <laughs> developer now. And he, you know, and and he actually enjoyed Python so much that he would instead of writing stuff in Java, he would write it in Jython, which is like Ooh. a Python. Uh, compiler embedded inside of Java so that he was actually writing Java applications in Python. Crazy. But like, then he did that eight hours a day every day for years. You know, like it it didn't, yeah. it was still basically the same kind of thing. And I, I mean, I definitely enjoy writing code and things like that, but I, I don't think that that I would be content if that was the only thing that I ever did. Right. And I've had stints where I was just the IT guy, or not just, where I was an IT guy, whereas I was a, and I, a developer. And I enjoyed it, but after a while, I'd start to get that itch of like, I You'd want like, to do something else You'd be looking over now. there and be like, Yeah, what I want to go I... do something else. Yeah. And a big part of why I have run my own business for so long is because it provides me with the opportunity to change what I'm doing without having to find a new job. Right, right. I don't have to quit somewhere and find a new thing and go through all that. I can just change while I'm going to do this now. And, you know. So I think what Gabriel is dealing with, a part of it, is that he's doing something, the IT for Apple devices. He knows that best. He's doing that best. You know, he's doing the thing that he knows the best. He's kind of limited by the job market. But li listen to what he has. Let me point out some of the things that he has right now. My job has great hours, school-like. Okay, so what are school hours? School hours, That sounds uh, to like me, it's like 7 or 8 a.m. to like 3. 3 or 4. Yeah, that sounds pretty great. I will point out, perfect, perfect, perfect chance to do something else after 3. That's, That's exactly what I see. Where I, was I going. see a giant opening exactly. now. And it's obvious to you, it's obvious to me, he doesn't seem to see it. We must be that type of person that's always looking for something else to do. <laughs> right. I'm like, wait a minute. I know he's got two kids, yeah. but his wife, his wife is with the kids. Right. So he's got from 3 p.m., let's say, when he gets out, until whenever he goes to bed, probably right. 10. To that's do seven else. hours. Now, I'm sure that he's going to spend at least two or three of those hours with being his family, home, being at home. With right. Fine. Downtime. But he's still got three to four hours per day. Right. That's how many hours a week? I mean, just, just during the work week, it's at least 15 hours a day just during the work week Yeah, that he's got. At least, it might be more. It might be 20. 20 hours is like a part-time job. Imagine some... what I could do oh, or gosh. what you could do with an extra 15 hours a week. <laughs> I could run a whole other business in oh, 15 yeah, hours too. a week. I oh my gosh I would be posting I, my my personal brand sure. personal brand would be so much better I'd actually tweet sometimes sure. also you know? everything here would be one hundred percent done <laughs> uh, you could do you could do he could do uh, three hours of research a day he could watch three hours of screencasts a day learning something new you he could, could learn read a for three hours a day he could uh, learn a language he could and go be a and translator for somebody you know the other three days of the week what a lazy piece of crap he no, is no i know i just think he needs, <laughs> he needs think about it though li listen let this be his inspiration then 15 hours a week minimum that he's got yeah 15 hours a week. i could do a whole this lawn service business in 15 well if he gets out of five still right no i agree who gets out of five listen to listen to what we're doing here let me just gabe let me take you aside and tell you okay in hushed voices. <laughs> we, we here at 5x5, five five, an example of, of the kind, and I'm not even going to talk about what Hattie does. That's a whole different thing because she's doing it equal. <laughs> okay, but in a typical day, I'm selling for our podcasts. I'm selling for other people's podcasts. I'm, uh, I'm recording shows, sometimes editing shows. I'm writing software, and the software consists of the stuff we do for 5x5, five five, which is varied and many. I'm about to launch Fireside which is a podcast hosting analytics platform I've been working on for a year. Schedule I just, phone calls. Uh, I just wrote uh, 
uh, an application that'll allow podcasters to take uh, donations, get supported by donations, special for a podcast. Yep. I'm rolling it out for a couple of shows that I do here that we want to move to listener-supported shows. Uh, so I just wrote that. I'm going to roll that thing out. Hattie mentioned doing calls with sponsors and, and scheduled calls. calls with people with potential business connections and right. things like that. Right, right. Um, add into that just all the regular things you do with keeping a business running. All the problems, emails this isn't working. Right. What do I do if I broke this? All of that. All of that. Working with the other hosts to help them keep, or when I come make their to shows you, better. Right. If I come to you and I'm like, I don't know how to even respond to this email. <laughs> right. And I, I would come to you with the same thing. Yep. And, and, and so there's that. There's, you know, working with the developer and the designer that we have. We've got an intern that we work with. Um, yep. any Keeping any, people in the places they need to be. Right. Host, sponsor, uh, intern each all other. the all the accounting <laughs> stuff the the physical hardware stuff that we have Taxes sometimes we're reviewing <laughs> devices going to the bank trying right. to eat lunch you know all of sending these out invoices that, to sponsors and paying paying the host all of the stuff that we do in a single day and i still go home and spend quality time with my kids and my family and my wife i still have time to watch and that's you know, why you the don't want to go to sleep right TV. at 10 <laughs> right yeah and like i'm i do all of this stuff and all of a sudden, now you're telling me that you've got school time hours and you can't... Come on. Come on, Gabriel. Correct you can do better wrong, than that. But Yeah, come back and say you guys had it all wrong. School hours go till 10 p.m. School hours okay. go to... Yeah. <laughs> if, you're, if you're getting home and you're barely able to get an hour with your kids before they go to bed and then you've got an hour for yourself and you go to sleep... Then that then that's fine. We're overestimating it. But if you're telling me that your job is so easy that you are quote bored nine days out of ten and find it hard to be motivated to be a great employee, first of all, I totally know what you're talking about. I was never in my yeah. IT jobs. I was never motivated to be a great employee. So you know, I I totally hear that. Also, shame on you. But <laughs> uh, seriously, you you have a few hours a day. You're if you're unhappy with your job and you've got a few hours a day that you could be spending on improving yourself to fit you into a new job or to start your own. You don't want to start your own business. It's fine. It's not for everybody. Trust me. You might not like it, but like. There is so much time in the day that you have that you could be doing to do some of those things Hattie and I mentioned. I have a list of things. I mean, even just if you're not doing anything to move towards that goal, maybe to move towards a goal for yourself. Uh, I'm talking about the the goal of the house that he's trying to get. Right. Um, what about taking into, if, if that's too much for you to do in every day in that extra time, maybe break it up. Maybe do something, you know, an extra job three days out of the week and the other two take time to do something for yourself that's going to give you more energy to be a better employee like dan was talking about at the beginning maybe go work out for an hour right do something to better yourself learn like i said learn a language that's what i'm all about right now i can't it, it bothers me to no end that i only know one language that's weird it bothers me to no end i, I think about three. it every day i know three speaking languages yeah speaking languages real languages you're talking about ruby and all that stuff no i'm talking about hum, human human speak what Eng are the three languages? english uh-huh espanol you know fluent spanish sure i do i don't i have and, not uh, seen that hebrew. you have to look up basura. and hebrew and hebrew hebrew i'll give you hebrew all right three languages you don't even know a second one I took... You know Latin? I've seen you speak Latin. You uh, showed me enough, that video not, of your class well, project from 10th grade. Yeah. You can Google the, that. The She's on wedding. the internet. She's on... That's on I the am. internet. I am. I think my name is listed in that. <laughs> but um, but not, not a conversational... I could... If you drop me in Spain, that I could exist with no problems. No dictionary. No, I wouldn't be able to do See, that. With the other I, so two that languages. bothers me. So, like, that's something that if I have five minutes, I wish Duolingo was a sponsor. Dan, reach out to them. Me? Yeah. All right. <laughs> um, or I can. But I understand what you're saying. You're saying you that can better time yourself. could be filled. Right. Think about learning something new. Groundhog Day. Yeah. Groundhog exactly. Day. Exactly. He's got that time. He's stuck in this loop. He says, you know what? I, I can better myself. I can make the best of this situation. 
Man, give me an extra three hours a day. Oh my gosh. Seriously, I could run two more businesses. But I'm learning Spanish right now. Update. Oh, nice. Yes. I didn't know I'm that. 13% fluent in Spanish now. 13. According to Duolingo. Congratulations. Gracias. Anyway, Gabe, get, <laughs> off, get off your butt. Seriously, he does just need a kick in the pants. Yeah. If you're bored, then you got to challenge yourself. Also, if you're... Things that, that might help him too. I don't know what he's what his go to is after he gets off work. Do you go and sit and play video games? That's what he's doing. Do you go he's and video games. you know, like what are you doing? It's fine, but be aware of what you're doing and be like, wow, I've been on the couch for three hours, or I went and walked the dog for two two hours, or something like that. Like, what are you doing? That's total procrastination. Are you just looking at Twitter for an hour? Are you, you know, I don't know. I don't know what what guys do. To kill time. As a girl, I can do anything to kill time. Anything. Literally. <laughs> All right. Well, I think, listen, Gabe, you got to email us back. Tell me what you start focusing on. Tell yes, me what you do. Yes, email us back. That's all we got time for today. Thank you very much for listening. You can go to 5x5.tv slash quit slash 92. I don't think there's many things in the show notes, but there's a couple things. You can go there to check it out. If you want to email me and Hattie about the show, 5x5.tv slash contact. You'll see quit in the list. Click it. Keep the subject line so we see it. Type us your email and give us the stats and let us know if we can read it and use your name on the air. If you don't say, we will assume that you're giving us permission. Hattie is on Twitter at Hattie Bird, H-A-D-D-I-E Bird. I am at Dan Benjamin on Twitter where you can ask me questions there if you want. And uh, I really appreciate you listening. Do me a favor. Go rate the show on iTunes. If you haven't done that for a while, just go and give it a rating. Five stars, I think. I think you want to so do too. more, give it a review. <laughs> and uh, I'm trying a little experiment. Go subscribe to the show in iTunes. Even if you ah. don't use iTunes, even if you don't use it, just subscribe. You can even unsubscribe right away. I want to see if that helps the show back up and uh, new and noteworthy. Do me a favor and do it. More people will find the show. The show will get better. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week. 